I just want to put a, a different face against the same message in, in the hopes that people might look at me and be like, hey, she looks like me. If she can do it, then I can do it too. Welcome to Someone Like You, a podcast that highlights the experiences of women, immigrants, and people of color who are building empires, creating amazing things, and changing the world. Here, we celebrate underrepresented stories and unheard voices. On this episode, I'll interview Lisa Prudencio, a Googler, YouTuber, founder, speaker, mentor, and one of my very best friends. We'll talk about curiosity, defining success, imposter syndrome, and the shit they don't teach you in school. Enjoy. I feel like I've never been more nervous to talk to you. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to start way back in Salinas with little Edelisa Prudencio. Um, what did you want to be when you grew up? <laughs> That's a funny question. Um, I actually have record of this because I have journals that say that I wanted to be a singer at one point. I can't sing. I want to be <laughs> a dentist. And I don't know why, because I hate the dentist. And what else? I think I think the big one was I want to be on TV. Why do you think that that was important to you at such a young age? Uh, of being on TV? Yeah. I don't know. I think it was something about thinking that fame meant success. Or, yeah, it was just kind of like being fascinated by news reporters and people on screen. Oh, that's really interesting. And I think it's uh, especially interesting because you've had a career uh, in all different types of media. uh, And I think that's been something pervasive kind of throughout your life. Uh, How has being on camera or consuming media kind of influenced you? Um, In all the ways. (laughs) (laughs) Let me think. Uh, probably just, I think that fascination from when I was a kid of like wanting to be on screen, I always, it led me to always wanting to work in entertainment. And for the longest time, even in college, I didn't know what that meant. I I go, I think back at my classes that I took in communications in film and television in marketing. And I don't actually, I never really knew what it meant to be a TV producer or anything behind the scenes. Um, And so always in the back of my head was like, oh, I just want to work for an entertainment company, like big names, names that names of companies that people know. And that's what I ended up doing. So it's kind of funny because I still until I started working at YouTube, I I still didn't know a ton about the industry. Um, but that's funny. I never really thought of that connection. <laughs> like, <laughs> that I never thought of that, but that's, that's why that's what led me to working in entertainment my whole career. I love it. So going back to your childhood and kind of what shaped you, um, you grew up in Salinas, not necessarily the safest area all the time. 
and you were the daughter, are the daughter of two Filipino immigrants. How do you think that shaped your upbringing and where you are today? Um, yeah, this is something I have thought about. So because they're both immigrants, they both um, came to America with nothing. My dad used to tell the story of coming to America with $20 in his pocket, which was true because he came, he came via joining the U.S. military because um, they were recruiting in the Philippines. Um, I think because they were both immigrants, started with nothing, that all they really instilled in me was a really, really hard work ethic. And so that's what I always centered myself around, is uh, setting goals around work and that being that being what success looks like. You know, graduating from school, getting good grades, uh, getting a good job, getting paid well, and, you know, having a house and all those kind of material things is what, is what I learned to be what you're supposed to strive for. Did you feel pressure to succeed growing up, um, seeing that hard work and the opportunities that they gave to you? hundred percent. I feel like without anything else, like that's all they asked for was get good grades, go to college, do this, do that. And I always wanted to make them proud. So like, that's, that was what my, that, those were my goals. And it was kind of tricky too, when I wanted to work in entertainment, because this might be specific, uh, actually, this might be specific to Asian culture, but, or Filipino culture of like trying to get us to go into the medical field, mm -hmm. whether it's nursing or being a doctor. And that never was in the plan for me. So I think the one thing, even though I did go to college and all that, me wanting to work in entertainment, it was an area that they knew nothing about. So that was the only kind of tricky thing I had to navigate. But outside of that, if they saw good grades, if they saw diplomas, degrees, uh, that's all that made them proud. So. so going through that path, going through school, kind of doing all the right things, checking the boxes, was that fulfilling for you or did you find a disconnect between doing those things and your own personal vision of success? I think for the majority of my life, that is what I viewed as success. And that's what I valued to be success. So anytime, you know, I got a promotion or a raise or anytime I go back to school to take classes, I feel like I'm, I'm, you know, like I'm adding stuff to my resume. I'm growing myself. I'm showing the world how smart I am and how successful I am. So majority of my life, yes, that, that's what I thought it was. But it really was in the last couple of years that I found this whole other side of fulfillment, not just the stuff that you put on paper, not just stuff related to career and money, but more the things of what am I, what am I giving back to the world? I guess, because, mm -hmm. you know, success and all my accomplishments are more about me and showing that I am capable. But now I've kind of shifted this mindset into how do I help other people? Um, and, and now it's, I don't, I couldn't tell you the percent mix that I think those two go hand in hand, but like, let's just say 50, 50 right now, like I'm 50% focused on traditional success, 50% focused on those other fulfilling aspects. It's interesting because I see this parallel between your parents who worked really hard to give to you and create opportunities for you and 
you don't have kids at this point, but you're working really hard to give back to other people. So there's a little parallel path there. Yeah. Um, so in your career, you, you did the, uh, prestigious school thing. You went to UCLA, you went to USC for grad school and you landed yourself in the entertainment field. Tell me about your career path and how you navigated to where you're at today. Yeah. Yeah. So I, like I said, since I always wanted to work in entertainment, all of my internships in college and grad school were related to entertainment. I started out in the music industry. So working for music publishers, um, my first job out of grad school was, um, it was actually at Fox sports, but in the music department. And that the reason that I took that job, it started as an internship and they offered me a full-time job and I jumped right on it was because it was related to sports, related to music. And, you know, it had that big name. Um, again, at that time I did, I still didn't know what I wanted to be or what I wanted to do. I just thought it was cool to work in sports and to work in music and to work at a big company. Um, and the sacrifice that I made with that first job out of college was that it was not really helping my financial goals because that job, I want to say my starting pay was 29K, which in 2009 is, and it's still, I mean, today it's not a lot. <laughs> and so at that time, and I was at that job for like a year and a half, I was actually going in debt a lot because just living in LA was really hard. And I just was pursuing that job because of thinking that that was my passion. Um, it wasn't until I opened my eyes to other things and kind of chased the money, <laughs> which is what landed me the job that I'm still at after nine years. And so the way that I moved from that first job at Fox to Google was um, my sister told me that she got an internship at Google and that in a three month span, it was a summer internship, she was getting paid more than I was getting paid at Fox for the year. So <laughs> basically that's how I was just like, you know what? There are bigger things out there. Like I, I work at a cool company. There's a, it, it's a big name company, but I just never knew other things existed. So once she told me that, and that opened my eyes, I started applying to, I applied to Google and other companies as well, like Disney. Um, and I, and I ended up getting a call from Google went through the interview process and then started as an assistant and then kind of just moved around and moved up within Google. So I don't really have much of a career path because I have two, I've had two main jobs um, in the past decade, but that's how I got to where I am today. So working at Google is for many people kind of the holy grail of companies to land at what has been the the best thing that you've learned or the best experience you've had working there? Uh, I think the coolest experience that I have working there is for the past five years, I've worked specifically on the YouTube originals team, um, a team where we make shows and movies and it's, I've gotten the best of both worlds by working on this team because Google huge company um, the team that I'm on started out as a team of less than 10 people. Now it's grown to, you know, 50, 60 people releasing 
dozens and dozens of shows each year. And um, because I was at, on this team at the very beginning, it was very startup-y. There were a lot of things that had to be built from scratch that uh, we weren't given enough resources. So usually at big companies, there's already scaled processes that are built to navigate everything. But being on this particular team gave me that opportunity to kind of work. I felt like I was working at a startup, even though I was within a big company. So I think that's been kind of the coolest thing because because of that, I've worked on so many projects in so many different areas that my resume, even though it it feels like a mess because my skills are so broad, um, it's also a good thing because I could probably get a job doing almost anything on the business side. Um, just spans a lot of things. Yeah, I think that startup culture is really important for your growth and your curiosity because um, you're really forced from lack of resources to take on a lot of new things. Yeah. So for you, I know that while you're at Google, you kind of started on a new path, uh, going to a coding boot camp and exploring what is now a very entrepreneurial journey for you. What sparked that decision to go back to school and take up coding? Yeah, I've always found ways to go back to school and take classes. So a lot of people don't know that when I was in grad school, I took bartending classes because I thought that'd be a cool thing to do. Um, after or while I was at Google already, I took screenwriting courses, um, realized that I didn't want to go that path. And then what led me to taking coding and web development was that I was feeling like I didn't have any hard skills to share on my resume. Like I believe I'm very detail oriented. I'm organized. I, uh, can think creatively. I have all these things, but I, I realize I realize that those are things that people can lie about when they're <laughs> interviewing and when they're writing up a resume. So basically if I were to ever want to get a new job, I'd be in this pool of candidates who could all say that they do the same thing as me. So I really did it as a means to stand out. Um, I wanted to learn something new and also have it be something that, you know, average person can't do. And when I took the classes, it sparked some stuff. Cause like when I was in middle school, high school, I loved making HTML page uh, websites and web pages. And so it was something that I hadn't done for a long time. And then really getting into the nitty gritty of like JavaScript and, and real programming. Um, I just thought it was cool and that I can make a business out of it. Um, I've had experiences with web developers who are hard to communicate with because, you know, they, they have a skill, they're really good at it, but they might not be the best uh, communicators or, or very social. And I felt like because I have those two worlds, I could make, I could probably make a business out of it and sell that side of it. Um, so that's kind of how that. Yeah. And so long story short, after taking those classes, I, uh, one of my classmates, in the class and I started a web development business and it's been in business for almost two years now. So I want to key in on one thing that you mentioned and I'll come back to your business. You talked about this uh, kind of pattern you have of always pursuing new education and this curiosity. And one thing I know about you is that you have a lot of unique skills from uh, being able to solve a Rubik's Cube in under a minute, being a Scrabble master, 
you mentioned your bartending skills. You are a free cell rapper. You are known for your Madden skills. Where do you think that curiosity or desire to learn and master new things comes from? I don't know. (laughs) I think there's a lot of things that I just think are cool, right? Like it's cool that I could solve a Rubik's cube. I've always had imposter syndrome though, I will say, because like for things like that, I'm like, oh, cool. I can solve a Rubik's cube. A lot of people can't, but then I watch videos online and I'm like, you know, shit, people can do this in 12 seconds. What I do is not that impressive. And so I, I don't know what it is. I've kind of felt like if I can't be the best at a particular skill, maybe I just have a lot of skills where I'm average to a little, you know, above average. Um, and the more, the more skills that you have, the more knowledge you have, it's conversation starters, um, helps connect you to a whole bunch of different people. And so I think that's the part that I like about it. I love that. Um, I also think kind of keying in on what you mentioned before about having a lot of different skills in your career, it enables you to make more connections and in entrepreneurship, it's really powerful. So how do you think some of the skills you've learned uh, in your dig job have helped you now as an entrepreneur with DVLP? Um, probably, probably the networking part. Anytime that I've learned a new skill or signed up for a new class or just done something outside of my comfort zone, it's led to meeting new people, new friends, and a lot of these new people and new friends, and I I don't know if this is a Los Angeles thing or if that's just how it is, but a lot of these people are also entrepreneurs or people with, you know, big visions and side projects and being around those type of people is just very inspiring to me and motivating because, you know, I have a billion ideas, but a list is nothing if I don't execute on them. So I think meeting new people hearing what other people are doing inspires me. And so that's probably the the best thing I take out of it. I'm glad that you mentioned that because uh, I was going to bring up that you're kind of like the glue for a lot of disparate friends groups. I think people gravitate towards you. You're known for your get togethers and for connecting lots of different people. And how has that sense of community that you've built around yourself helped you uh, as you've grown into an adult and pursued these different ventures? I I think that's just the priceless, priceless part of life is, is all these different friendships. And because there are people in different areas of life that have different interests, different hobbies, it just opens up my eyes to the world, like in so many different perspectives. Um, I hate grouping my friends. Cause like, like you said, I do like to bring people together. Um, if I have parties like my housewarming party or birthday parties, you'll, you'll meet my friends from coding class, from improv class, my coworkers from work, um, my friends who I play ball with and everyone just happens to, happens to get along because why we all love food we all love drinking we all love um you know most of us love watching sports we all there there are certain things that tie us together so it's kind of like people you wouldn't otherwise have met um because you didn't know that you were into improv classes (laughs) you know like I think I think it's just like the that priceless part of having friendships is is different perspectives um and just being able to, to meet people through other people. So how do you balance 
all of these different interests and pursuits in your life? It's hard. (laughs) Uh, I think I remind myself that that right now it's a very unique time. I have worked enough. I have gained enough skills that I have a lot of big ideas um, that I want to execute. But right now I actually have time. You know, I'm not married. I don't have kids. Um, I don't have those additional responsibilities. So that's what motivates me to carve out time. Um, right now is easy because we're all quarantining, <laughs> but I do think it is the tricky part is, is saying no to things. Um, I want to go to everything. Like I feel FOMO when I don't go out with the homies on Friday, or if I say no to going to a, a dance class or something like that. Um, but it's really just kind of like picking and choosing um, and utilizing like the time that I set aside to sit down and film a video or work on my business. If I set aside three hours, then I try to stick to that and get stuff done um, so that I could still relax and have fun when, you know, when I'm not doing it. So it's, I don't time management is the short answer. Yeah, I think that's a pretty essential skill when you have a, a business, a day job, lots of hobbies, and now a new pursuit that you're launching in the next week. Tell me about your new YouTube channel. Yes, my new YouTube channel. I've always wanted to do YouTube. I had a video go viral in 2006 when YouTube first became a thing. I'm not going to tell you guys what it is. <laughs> because it's probably would not make my mom proud. Um, but you know, I didn't really understand. I think I was just too young and inexperienced that I didn't really know what it took to launch a channel to create content. And so I tried one more time when I first started working at YouTube, I met one, uh, one of my coworkers who I became really good friends with had a pretty successful channel and he did comedy videos. <laughs> so I thought, you know, I've always been funny. People laugh at my jokes. And so I thought I'd probably try to do comedy videos. Comedy is hard. You guys <laughs> like comedy is really hard. And so I would just kind of put funny videos together and never really built a following or an audience because I was making videos that I liked to make, which you should always do what you like doing. I always made videos that I liked, but really never thought about who would watch this, who would share this, who, you know, who, who would uh, keep coming back and watch my content. There was not a real common thread tying all my videos together. So anyway, move forward years and years go by. I keep talking about, I want to launch a channel. I want to do this. I want to do that. And it wasn't until the last year or two that I realized that the type of content that I want to create is content that's helpful for people. And I still, it took me a while to figure out what exactly that meant. Um, but I think it came, I think this is all happening at the right time for the right reasons, because right now in life, I've been doing a lot of mentoring. I've been doing speaking engagements and all of it is centered around talking about my life and my career and giving people advice. So that's what my channel's about. I call it the shit they don't teach you in school because it's all about, you know, personal development, personal finances, navigating your career, um, just all, all the things in life that no one really teaches you. But if you do learn it early, you kind of get a leg up on people. And so that's what I want to do. I, that's the channel that I'm launching this week. I finally, finally got myself in front of a camera 
uh, last weekend and filmed some videos. So pretty excited about it. Yes, congratulations. I'm so proud of you and so excited for you. Um, so why are some of these lessons that you're going to be sharing from your own experiences, the shit they don't teach you in school, why is this so important? And why don't people have access to this information in their day-to-day lives? Well, the truth is people do have access to it. Like ever since the internet's been around, this information's been out there. And before the internet, there was like the encyclopedia. There was there were resources. I think for me, what it comes down to is um, that you don't know what you don't know. So, you know, I took a class in college called Life Skills. And one of the things that they taught us in that class was uh, about meditation. And we even had to meditate in class. Um in that class, every time we meditated for 15 minutes, me and the rest of the football players in the class took naps during that <laughs> meditation. And so when I look back at that, it makes me realize that even if information is handed to you, unless you really understand what it is, you're, it's, it's not going to it's not going to do you any good. And so in terms of my channel, I, I think about it in like the information is all out there. You can already like the topics that I'm going to be talking about. There are other people talking about those topics too. Um, but what I'm hoping to do is put a different spin on it. Maybe my message will, uh, will touch people in a way that other people's message don't. Right. Sometimes, um, and I don't, I don't want to make this like a gender thing or a race thing, but sometimes when I hear, uh, you know, when I see people talking about getting their finances straight, I look at them and I'm like, this person probably had generational wealth like that. They probably yes. did it that way. And when, for me, I just want to put a, a different face against the same message in, in the hopes that people might look at me and be like, hey, she looks like me. Um, mm-hmm. She has a similar background to me if she can do it, then I can do it too. Um, you know, and that's not to downplay all the other people out there giving amazing advice, but it's kind of just, that's my take on it. It's like, give a different spin. Maybe my message will reach people that other, other people can't. Um, and if all that information is out there, then it's just kind of like, uh, like an endless source of information. It'll, it'll hopefully touch the right people. Yes. Representation matters. That was very important. So I know as your friend that there were some things that held you back for a while from getting this channel started. Yeah. Uh, If you feel comfortable, what were some of those obstacles that you were dealing with and how did you overcome them? (laughs) Yeah. I hate how I look on camera. (laughs) I don't know how else to say it. Um, I've fluctuated with weight a lot over the years. Um, I'm very into sports and working out, but I did go through a lot of different knee surgeries that caused me to gain weight. Then I had to lose it. Then I'd gain it back. Um, and so I think a lot of times, even when I look at some of my older videos, I'm just like, Ugh, like, I, I hate looking at my face. Um, I think, I, I don't, I think it's a mix of me getting older and, valuing certain things like that less plus a mix of me really learning how you know I I love beauty I love makeup I love all of those types of things like and I don't do it for other people I do it for myself it makes me feel good and so I think it's like a lot of those things that I finally got to a point where I do like 
seeing myself on camera and I do like hearing myself speak. I think a lot of the excuses I made over the years to not film um, were just rooted in a lot of insecurities. Um, I'm not going to lie. I still have those today, but probably less so. And I'm just working towards getting out of it. I think being comfortable in my own skin had to happen first before I was ready to, to launch a new channel. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm really glad you're stepping out there and uh, I think you look great. So I'm very excited for you. So um, we're going to finish up with a little lightning round. Yeah. Uh, so just share the first thing that comes to your head for these next five questions. Yeah. What scares you? Uh, spiders. <laughs> what are you most proud of? Uh, starting a business. When are you at your best? Oh, uh, in the mornings. How do you define success? Uh, feeling fulfilled and happy with what I'm doing. And how do you want to be remembered? Oh, <laughs> as the person who just gave and gave and gave to everyone in enjoyed this episode, stay tuned for more to come or visit LizMarieStrategy.com for more resources, stories, and insights for creatives and entrepreneurs.